Hello, my name is Holly Owens, and welcome to Ed Up Ed Tech, the podcast that keeps you in the know about all the latest ed tech happenings. We interview guests from around the globe to give you deeper insights into the ed tech industry, the field of instructional design, and more. We're proudly a part of America's leading podcast network, the EdUp Experience. It's time to sit back and enjoy the latest episode of EdUp EdTech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another amazing episode of EdUp EdTech. My name is Holly Owens, and I'm your host, and today... We have an engaging guest with us. We have Nisha Abraham. She's an academic engagement specialist at Engagely. Nisha, welcome to the show. So sorry, my phone went off. I hope that did not. No, it's fine. It's authentic. Let's just let's just go with it because a dog's gonna start barking soon. This is what we're gonna have for our episode. So it's all good. Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I can't wait to talk to you because I've already seen a demo of the product and I got to talk to Gil, um, but I'm really excited to talk to you and get insights from you all about it. But first, we want to tell the audience about you. Tell us about your journey into this space. How did you become an academic engagement specialist with Engagely? Oh, amazing. Thank you so much for asking. Yes. So uh, my name is Nisha Abraham. My pronouns are she and her. And I'm so excited to be on the podcast and kind of talking about, of course, Engagely, but certainly um, my journey as well to kind of how I got to Engagely, what an academic engagement specialist is, all of that kind of stuff. So I started my educational and professional journey actually as a scientist. So I was Um, You know, as a biology major, I started in science, um, really thought I wanted to be a professor, uh, an academic. Uh, My father's an academic and I watched him teach and be so passionate about teaching. And so I went into my, uh, you know, I finished my undergraduate degree, went into my first graduate program, and I was very quickly hit by this um, overwhelming desire to do the teaching side of, of the academia, but really not as interested in the research, you know, capacity of being in the lab. I really liked being around people. I really liked engaging and teaching. Um, and also what it kind of exposed to me was, um, kind of some of the gaps that I experienced in my undergraduate um, experience, you know, some of the courses that I took, some of the difficulties that I experienced. um, And I think that a lot of undergraduates experience, um, of course, in this country, but everywhere um, in science programs and in in all different types of programs. And so I really discovered a passion for improving teaching effectiveness in higher ed. And so that really led me. um, So I went to the University of Texas at Austin for my undergrad and I kind of went back there um, and worked at the I love your story so far and I have so much to share with you I'm loving it just keep going but it's awesome no I'm you know I, I've told this story before I actually did a podcast at UT Austin I was um so I worked at the learning center we did academic support for students um and so you know I learned a lot about what effective teaching is and was able to share that and when I did the podcast there that was for student support And I can't tell you how many adults I meet that, A, when I talk about working at a learning center or when I talk about this sort of windy, windy path I took, you know, they sort of have this sense of relief because, you know, students feel that way. Even adults who are, you know, in their second or third career paths are like, oh, my gosh, it's not just me. I didn't, you know, make a mistake. It was, you know, we all sort of have that um, 
a lot of us have a different journey that we end up on. So I certainly shifted gears and then I shifted gears again. So, you know, when I was at the learning center, I was there when the pandemic hit and there was just so much going on. We had to transform all of our programs into virtual programs. You know, I worked with a lot of faculty and, you know, there was just so much overwhelm of like, how do I convert my course to Zoom or to, you know, whatever platform we're using. Um, And so, you know, I spent a lot of time really learning the tech so that I could more effectively help folks really convert, you know, their teaching to to a virtual platform. And also, you know, in in my research, what I found was so interesting is, you know, there are people out there who have been doing virtual learning for decades, way, way, way before the pandemic. And those people were way ahead of the curve. And they really were like, oh, you know, this is all old hat. Um, And so what I really found interesting in my journey, again, at the kind of tail end of my career at at UT was um, kind of helping people shift from this concept of emergency teaching, which is like, I just got to get in that Zoom meeting and make sure people have access versus how can I actually effectively teach when I'm not in the same physical room as my students or they're all over the world or and, and in a way that engages them in a way that actually assesses them well, that gives them you know, maybe a little bit more of a human connection, you know, that was really one of the biggest, um, I think one of the biggest things that we grieved as a entire field, you know, the teaching field was like, I just don't have that connection with my students, and it feels super isolating. Right. So spent a lot of time doing that. And at the end of 2021, I, I got this opportunity and engaged Lee. And it was, you know, it, it is a startup. And so um, came in, again, they were really expanding into higher ed, and they were looking for somebody who was going to be able to help scale um, folks learning how to use Engagely. And, and I, you know, I know one of your next questions is what is Engagely? Um, but but yes, yeah, so but we're going to talk a little bit about ed tech first. I mean, you've right. talked about it quite a bit, but yes. Yeah, so that's kind of how I, you know, my windy, windy path, I like to always talk about it, because a, I think it gives people a sense of where I came from. And, but also, hopefully sets that stage of like, I've had, I mean, several different pivots, I've worked in business incubators, I've worked in biotech, I've worked in industry, academia, higher ed, now in ed tech, like there's a lot of fields. um, And, you know, I've only benefited from doing all of those different things. I think I've only gained as opposed to feeling like, oh, there was a loss there. So yeah. Yeah. You, I feel like from every position, no matter how long you're there, you take something with you from those positions. And we have a lot of similarities in in our, in our past. Like I was initially a bio major. I couldn't do the organic chemistry. (laughs) (laughs) That's a, it's a tough class. It's a real weed out class. And that's another reason why I was frustrated was, you know, do we need something that's a weed out class? Like how do we better serve yeah. students as opposed to finding ways to call students? Let's support them. Let's get them through those courses so that we have a more diverse student body who's making it through those bio programs, right? Absolutely. It's so demeaning sometimes when you get in those situations and you, you kind of know what's happening, mm-hmm. but it was, it was like you, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that had to shift majors and things like that. So we could definitely get into conversations about that. Um, but yeah, you take something with you. I feel like from every position that you've learned, you take the, like kind of the good things and the strengths that you gain and you Mm -hmm. apply that to the other positions. Kind of like, you're just building each time, which is your career, (laughs) a lot of different spaces. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and again, I think, um, that one of the biggest things I think I always took away, I remember I I interviewed with, um, for, I was working, like I said, at a business incubator and it was a part-time role. It was, a you know, I think it was 25, 30 hours. 
And the person interviewing me was like, you know, I'm really surprised because, you know, I was like, you know, I was maybe most of the folks that worked in that role were uh, in master's programs. And, you know, so they were doing that on top of a, you know, a, an actual academic program. But I was, you know, working several different jobs trying to kind of cobble things together. And she said, I really admire your risk taking. And I was like, I hadn't thought of it that way, but then, I, you know, after the fact, I was like, you're right, that was kind of risky to take this opportunity that I knew wasn't full time. I mean, I remember being, I was without health insurance. I mean, this was like in my late 20s and I was like, I'm still going to do this because scary stuff. I wanna, yeah. scary, scary stuff, you know, but, um, and I, I will just, the big caveat here is I, I experienced a lot of privilege in this world. I, I was in my early, late, late 20s and I was like in relatively good health and I think, I was able to take that risk and I had, you know, some, some cushion, some safety nets in place, but not everybody has that option. But if you can, if you can pivot and you have the opportunity to take a risk, I always say, you know, try it out. You, you can't Absolutely. know what's going to come out of that experience. I mean, I got some really amazing experiences through um, some of the most kind of random jobs that I've had in my career. So. Yeah, you're definitely going to motivate people to take the risk. It's just by <laughs> what you're saying and all the different experiences you've had. I'm like, oh, this this looks like fun to, to get into. Yes, yeah. we, we definitely want to talk about Engagely and what it does. But I want to know from you, because of your vast array of experience, how do you define educational technology? That's such a good question. And Lola is barking and she wants to know that she everybody on the show that she's here and she's engaging uh -huh. as well. We are so excited to have her. I'm so excited to have her. I'll just say I'm a huge animal person. Uh, I don't have any pets right now. My, my cat passed away last year. And so I haven't had any so pets. Sorry. But uh, No, I know it's 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 okay. But I mean, what, what I love about it is anytime I'm in a, even a Zoom meeting or in a, you know, any kind of meeting and someone's dog is barking, I just, you know, I, I, I can't imagine anybody gets mad, but I'm just more oh, like, right. show me your dog or show me your cat or anything like that. So happy that she's here to join with us. But um, yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, EdTech is such a, I mean, I, I'll be honest, you know, I, I got these questions ahead of time. I was kind of thinking about it myself. Oh, I yeah. even did a quick Google search because I I'll, I also really like to admit this is um, I've been in a lot of fields. I think there's this concept of like people should know everything about a field. I'm, I'm kind of a I don't really believe in that. I think doing research and looking out in the field and thinking about what other people are saying about a field that you're in is there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so I'll just admit I did a quick Google search that I was like, what is what do other people say ed tech is? Hey, um, yeah. Huge field, huge area, arena. I think for me, um, I think I'm an educator foremost. So that ed part is really important to me. And and so I remember when I was um, interviewing for Engagely, one of the things that I remember going in and looking up was something called the Triple E framework, which I'm not sure if, how familiar you are with that. But it's super helpful to assess educational technology. And that's really where I, I think I come from is um, you know, the pedagogy and like what you are trying to accomplish, the goals that you're looking to accomplish should always be the first thing that you're thinking about. And then and then it's like what tool is right for that thing. Right. And so I think um, too often we probably get wowed and amazed and we're so excited about sparkly, all the shiny things, <laughs> sparkly, shiny things. And I mean, we're we're in a time frame, you know, just to to like you know, the elephant in the room, which is AI, like we're in a time frame where there's so much happening that it's very easy to think, 
you know, I have to use this tool or I should use this tool or somebody sent me this tool and I have to use it. And I think for me, I always try to come back to like, what is the pedagogical need here? And then try to find the right tool. And that might not be even, you know, anything that complex. Like I remember, again, I, I work with this faculty member in biology and she used Mousetrap, a very old, you know, game that probably some people, um, if you're in the category that I'm in, um, you'll remember. I know it. <laughs> I know it. Um, and she yeah. used that as a tool to teach people about cellular respiration and, and photosynthesis. And I think about that as ed tech. Like it's, it's technically, it is a piece of technology that you're using to help people visualize something, help people understand the concept. Um, so I think about that, even that's something that kind of, I don't want to call it rudimentary in a, in a bad way, but something like that could technically be tech. So um, but for me, yeah, ed tech, its purpose is to serve an educational purpose, of course. And so um, you know, it's, it's a huge, vast field. But also, I think the other thing that I really love about educational technology, when I was looking up the, the sort of definition, what I also loved about it was the concept that it's also any kind of technology you can use to assess educational situations or experiences, which I think often can kind of get lost in the mix. You know, we think of like, you know, I'm using a cool, you know, collaboration board, or I'm using this, you know, something like AI. And again, are we, do we have the right tool to assess whether that's necessary, whether that's working? Is it providing any kind of benefit in terms of learning outcomes? I think all of that, that to benefit. me, all this is. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you. Like a lot of the time people, when they answer this question, they're like, they're like, oh, you know, bring in the technology piece of it, but technology, what is really, what is technology? Is it, is it a device? Yes. Is could it be. something like you could build something, um, whether that's physical or digital, you know, all those different things encompass it. So I really like your definition and I'm so, it's so <laughs> cool to hear that you crowdsourced some of yeah. the definitions and figure it out. I love it. I do the same thing. I chat GPT a lot of different things just to see. What it yeah, is like what's out there. Yeah, what's out there and what people are what people are saying about it. Cause some of these things are constantly changing. So the definition is is constantly updating itself. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think about someone in the time of Dewey would have said something really different about what ed tech is versus what we're saying today. So yeah, if you're not if you're kind of not keeping up with it and you're not, yeah, like you said, crowdsourcing, you might be missing something really interesting about ed tech and and um and maybe being open to it. You know, I think a lot of people are feeling, I would say, I think people across fields, but certainly in higher ed, I can, I can see there's a lot of um, both anticipation and anxiety about AI. But I think if, if people give it a chance and try it out and, and understand a little bit more about what it can do, then maybe some of that anxiety will be alleviated. But I, I um, yeah, I, that's just my personal thing is I, like I, I really just like to take away all the stigma of like, let's just talk to each other, try to understand this subject. Um, you know, this concept of um, expertise in a vacuum is really strange to me. And I don't really, I think it only limits us as a field. So absolutely. That's why we all, we have, that's why this podcast exists. That's to tell these stories and collaborate. Yeah. It's, exactly. it's definitely one of the big reasons why. And I learned so much. We learned so much, the audience too. Um, well, let's get into it because I can, sure. I can see myself going into tan often a tangent question. I'm not going to sure. do it because the audience and myself want to know more about Engagely to tell us about the product, the services that you offer, how you help educational institutions and, and beyond. Absolutely. So, so Engagely is a comprehensive learning environment. 
Um, and what I think is really interesting about it is that it is purpose built for teaching and learning. And one of the reasons I was very excited to join Engagely is, you know, so I sit as the academic engagement specialist, I can talk a little bit more about what I do specifically, but um, I sit on the learning and teaching team. And it's not always true that you know, certain technology ed tech companies have a learning and teaching team, right? They might have a product team right. um, and things like that, but we kind of sit between product and business and we hold a lot of learning expertise, learning science. Uh, my my boss, Andrina Gracie Bloom, um, she has a PhD from Stanford and she was a former Coursera person. Um, and so we have a lot of expertise in our, in our department and that's really how Engagely was built with this concept of teaching and learning in mind, as opposed to like a meeting or a web conferencing platform. So it's really unique in that way. It is built to enable improving learner outcomes. And we have a plethora of different kind of pieces or, or parts of the product. So we can serve people who are wanting to do synchronous things, asynchronous things, virtual, hybrid. We have kind of a lot of different pieces of it. Um, and we build all of, most of our tools are native. So our engineering team is really small, but mighty. They have designed these native tools to really drive engagement through active learning, through peer-to-peer -peer learning, fostering community. Um, and then the other big piece that I'll say about Engagely is we're really data focused. So we have this plethora of both uh, real-time data as well as post-session data that can really provide people teaching or people facilitating in the in the corporate space, like real insight into what is going on during your sessions, learner behavior, participation, participation, engagement, and so that you can really iterate and improve what you're doing. Because right now I feel like a lot of people are just sort of unclear of like, are things working? Are people getting what they need out of their sessions? Um, so the way that Engagely works, um, I'll just, I'll, I, I really like to use an in-person um, yeah. synonym or, or like, I like to use analogies of in-person. So if you want to imagine Engagely, it is as if you are in a one classroom and we have tables inside of that classroom. So if you imagine if you've ever been to, you know, an in-person conference or seminar and you're kind of in this big hall and you've got these little tables, you go sit with some people. And so that's really what Engagely offers is these little tables that you can have up to 10 people per table. And what we use is the audio to really switch between having an all group experience to then having small groups. So you can kind of create these little cones of silence around every table. And that allows that table to just speak to and talk to each other, work on things together. So you can have table-based um, artifacts like Google Docs, or you can have whiteboards or you know, lots of different features there. We have all the same features that probably other tools have like chat, Q&A, et cetera. And then one of my other favorite things is when you're in that table mode, you can speak to and be heard by the people at your table, but you're still always connected to the facilitator. So you still always see them. You're always able to raise your hand and kind of come to the front, kind of again, like that in-person experience, you kind of come up to the podium and say, hey, I have a question or I have a takeaway or I want to share something. And everybody in the room can essentially hear you. So it kind of removes yeah, it can the be spotlighted it, like on the stage. I remember the on the stage piece. On the yeah. stage. Yes, absolutely. So kind of that concept of, you know, shoving people into separate isolated rooms and you're like, I forgot the instructions. What was I supposed to do? Or you have maybe a group of folks who have all their cameras off and they're not talking, you know, instead of having that experience, you're still always connected to everybody else in the room. You can kind of see all the other folks and you can see the facilitator 
and your facilitator can see, oh, you know, I noticed table two, you know, Holly's the only one who's like unmuted. She's talking, but like no one else is engaging with her. And I can yeah. jump in as a facilitator and say, like, hey, it sounds like, you know, are folks confused? Can I like clarify anything? Can I kind of help manage this or provide some just in time intervention there? So it's really I mean, it was one of the first things that I was blown away by when I was interviewing at Engagely. I just thought how much this could have served us in the pandemic, right? Like, I so know, right? Yeah. Really needed this tool. And um, and that's really, again, where, where Dan, Dan Avita, who's the, the founder, um, you know, that's the original story of Engagely. He had two daughters who are in college and high school at the time, and he just was absolutely disgruntled with kind of their experience going through um, you know, these, these, these learning experiences where, you know, I think he said one of his daughters was watching movies and the other one was playing video games while taking classes. So he just found it like, how, why are people not engaging my children? And it's really hard to do in tools that are not built for that. And so that's yeah. really where Engagely came from. Um, and I can talk more about kind of the roadmap. You know, we do have a really amazing interactive uh, recording experience. So if you record your sessions, um, and folks either, you know, folks can attend the live session or, or even you want to create a completely asynchronous experience, people can go into something called a playback room and they can take part in almost everything that happened in the live session. So, for example, any polls that you ran, they can take part in it, any Google Docs, any whiteboards you use that all appears and is able to be manipulated and edited in the playback room. And the big, big, big differentiator to me as a peer-to-peer -peer person, peer-to-peer -peer learning person, collaborative learning person, active learning person, is that you can go into a playback room with up to 10 people. So rather than go in and kind of watch passively a really sort of passive recording and yeah, you click through some buttons and so on and so forth, you can go in there with a team of people. Let's say you have your team, you go in and you watch this really interactive recording, you can pause, you can chat, you can kind of solutionized together so much cool stuff it's amazing i mean that was one of the biggest things for me as well because again in you know i remember this in higher ed um kind of having faculty talk about yeah i'm creating these recordings and you know what, what what's the data that i can get from this i can get how much of the recording did they watch and that was really the only metric that people had that students are taking part in classes. And it was like, that's the best, that's the best we can do. Like there's so much more that people could be doing here. And so Engagely has a really amazing kind of interactive recording piece. Um, and we're building so much more. It's coming up in the roadmap. Yes. Let's so, talk yeah. about that because yeah. you're already doing a lot. Mm -hmm. and the tool already does a lot. So do you want to tell us kind of what's coming up in the, the upcoming six to 12 months? That way we can have you back yeah. to tell us what's been <laughs> what's been going on and get up more updates. Of course. So absolutely, as like I mentioned earlier, the elephant in the room that, you know, this concept of AI. And again, we don't want to just incorporate AI for the sake of it. We really want it to, you know, actually provide uh, we want to be intentional. We want to save time for instructors. We want to make it more efficient for learners to actually do their learning. And so we recently added AI summaries. So that is, um, you know, at the end of a class session, an instructor can get kind of an AI based summary of what happened over the course of the, the, the session, awesome. what was happening with learners, what instructors are doing. Um, we actually have a really amazing note taking function, which is 
you know, um, anything that is being shared on the screen, learners can take notes and can kind of download them and, and contribute to them over the course of, you know, however long their course is. Um, and we have a lot of, we have, a, again, like I said, a really mighty engineering team working on generating polls in real time. Um, we're also working on a hybrid solution. You probably know, like, you know, the, the, the future of work is really, folks are going to be doing hybrid work these days, right? So yeah. as we move into the corporate space, we have, you know, a lot of partners who are saying, you know, I might even want to run my meetings on Engagely. I want to be able to do collaborative meetings because we know, I mean, how many times have you heard Oh my God, this, this meeting could have been an email. I just needed to like, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's memes my... and there's like shirts and all kinds of things there that say are... that now. Yeah. And, you know, isn't it always that there's like a little thread of truth there. Right. So I think, you know, we have um, groups who say, Oh, Engagely could be so beneficial so that we could actually have effective meetings. We could solutionize, we could brainstorm, we could do, we can do active things in our meetings together. Um, but as you know, we have folks, you know, we have like engage is a great example itself. We are a totally global company. And so often how do we get folks who are in different time zones to be in the same room together? We might not be able to, we might need to use our async, um, you know, product, or we might need to use our hybrid product where we have a team of engineers who are in Israel, for example, and they might need to be in a physical room and be able to be in a virtual meeting with the rest of us. So we're building out some of these products like the hybrid, the asynchronous, um, things like that. And then of course, AI is certainly something that we're excited to be, you know, take to the next level. Oh, <laughs> did we lose your audio? No, my mic just wasn't on. That's oh, what <laughs> Edit that out the pause. I was like, what's happening? What's happening? No, no worries. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to that AI stuff. Uh, that's really cool. And I can't yeah. wait to, I just want to, after the demo, I just really wanted to get in my class and use it, but I was towards the end of the term. So I wasn't going yeah. to introduce something new, but in the spring I'm ready. And I know the audience is probably ready to, you know, try some things. Um, so thank you and, for sharing that. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just say also something that's coming out is our free trial. So we will have a free trial option. Great ask. Great. So that is coming down the pike, probably like closer to the end of the year. And so that's an exciting thing. If you are teaching in the spring, um, you know, at the end of fall, get in touch with us. We would love to give you access to a free trial class classroom. You can test it out with your learners. You can, you know, even if you do a class, right, just trying it out and seeing what it's like. And so to go back to what I do, a big part of my role is helping people learn how to use Engagely. So, um, you know, I create a lot of resources uh, in, in terms of things like self-paced modules or ways that people can kind of guide themselves through Engagely. But I also do a lot of one-on-one -on -one training as well as group training. So if you and a group of instructors or faculty or um, again, facilitators, if you're in a, in a corporate space, you're like, I'm kind of interested in this. I want to check it out. You know, please reach out. Um, we'd love to and we're, we're going to put everything in the show notes of where to go. Love and it. What, what kind of support you need. Um, you know, if you need support, like you want a demo, it's like, I requested like the chat and it was like, almost within a couple of days, it was ha the chat was happening. So it was really awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We are very excited to get because again, part of this is also we want to get that people in inside the platform to try it out and see, you know, what kind of use cases are people do people have? I remember we had this faculty member who was really excited. He said, um, you know, I do this yearly debate with all my students. And you know, we do it virtually now. And we said, we have a panel function. 
So that'll work perfectly for you. And he was like, really? You have an actual panel function? And we we're like, yes. And so it was like those kinds of things where, you know, it wasn't even part of his course that he's teaching, but just something, it's a sort of a separate um, kind of after school program. And he was so excited to try it. And we were so excited to have him test it out and, and try it out and see how it worked. So those are the kinds of things we're always looking for folks to test it out and, and also just give us new ideas of what people are looking for. Because this is a some of this is uncharted, right? There's so much more to expand. And so we really are looking to expand that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, we could talk for a, a lot longer. I know that. Sure. So we're going to come back and we're going to, we're going to talk. We're definitely going to talk more, but we're wrapping up here and I want to know, I have like two final questions for you. Okay. I want to know if we miss anything, I don't feel like we did, but if we did, what did we miss and tell us about it? And then the final question is, I want you to tell us what the future of ed tech looks like. You being an expert in this space and all your vast array of experience, tell us what the future is. Did we miss anything? And what's the future? So I don't think you miss anything. You, I mean, like you said, I mean, I think I could probably talk for hours and hours about Engagely and just ed tech in general and where this field is going. Um, but I think, you know, in a nutshell, Engage is really trying to transform the virtual teaching and learning space. And that can be both corporate, that can be higher ed, that's really in whatever field you're in. If you if you have had an experience where you thought, you know, I just didn't engage the folks that I was trying to engage with, I and I don't really know how to do that, or I, I really want to, or have these ideas, you know, reach out to us. If you just go to engage.com, um, that's really, uh, and again- You're putting I'll, it all in the show notes too. Put it all in the show notes, but, um, you know, we're so excited to keep building this platform out and really serve the needs of people who we know were underserved in the past couple of years. Um, so that's really the only, like, that's my last kind of caveat. But what I'll say about the future of EdTech, in my opinion, um, and I think this is just true, this has been true probably for, for decades, and it's something that I think- um, I like to say, because I think it helps us tr kind of try to hold on to this concept, which is uh, rather be than being afraid of technology or, or where it's going. And, and of course, I do think guardrails need to be put up and we need to make sure that we understand the technology and where it could go. But what I think an important place to focus is the concept that if we put some of the onus on the technology, we can put our attention towards the thing that is often missing, which is human connection. So I've said this so many times before in, I've said in other podcasts, I've said it in trainings, I've said it in other things, is often that orchestration load that you are experiencing when you are teaching a class, when you are running, facilitating a session, is this like piece of technology where you're like, where is the share button? And like, how do I, yeah, you know- Yeah, all this create, stuff, what do I do? There, it's just craziness. So stuff, so right, there's, there's so much stuff. And what we are trying to, not just at Engagely, but I think in ed tech, is we're trying to build systems that kind of automate some of that to try to take off that load. And when you are able to use that technology really effectively and, and take that load off, think about how can I then build human connection? So that's what I would really challenge educators and facilitators and people who are in this field is that's what has been missing in the past few years is not feeling that connection with people um, because maybe you felt like you were able to do that in, a, in an in-person situation and now we're doing all this virtual stuff, but it's totally possible. And there's some really amazing experts out there who, um, you know, really specialize in this. And so take some time to think about if I were to able to, able to offload some of this 
literally the cognitive load of, you know, oh, I got to press the buttons and remember where the thing is and whatever. Um, And you were able to use tools that automate all that. That really only leaves you with this great option of how do I connect now? How do I build community? How do I, you know, use things like UDL to really ensure that your sessions are meeting, you know, all of your learners needs, not just neurotypical folks or whatever it is. So building accessibility, thinking about all learners, all folks, all your employees, whoever it is, um, and really meeting their needs there. And that, to me, that first place is human connection. So that's kind of what I would say, um, I think the future holds if we can all just remember that some of the point of this is to put the load on the, on the technology. So that's what I'll say about that. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. I can't, and like just a streamlining of the workflows and di- like mm-hmm. things that are just happening automatically it just makes me feel better and like opens up the creativity space. And as you say, the human right. connection, yeah. um, well, Nisha, I can't thank you enough <laughs> for coming on and talking about all things engagely. We could definitely talk about this longer. <laughs> I'm going to have you back because I want to okay. hear about what happens with the AI and we, we want to hear about updates and, Definitely, you know, getting the free trial, everything out to our listening audience. And we, I really can't thank you enough for your time and just coming on the show and sharing all this with us. No, I'm so happy that you invited us and we're happy to, sh- yeah, like I said, I'll share all of the information and, and love, would love to come back. would love to be able to update you all on, on all the progress we're making. Awesome. Well, we'll definitely talk soon. Awesome. You've just experienced an another amazing episode of EdUp EdTech. Be sure to visit our website at edupedtech.com to get all the updates on the latest EdTech happenings. See you next time.